More and more, we are hearing from Christians and certain Jewish groups a desire to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem, known as the Third Temple. The first temple would be the one built by Solomon, destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. The second would be built by Ezra and did not have the glory of Solomon's temple and then was expanded later on by Herod and then was destroyed by the Romans in 70 AD. And so for almost 2,000 years, there has not been a Jewish temple in Jerusalem. More and more, there are different groups trying to make this happen. They are building different implements for the temple, things that have to do with temple worship. They flew red heifers over so they could consecrate the temple with the ashes of the red heifer, and a lot more things. A plain reading of just a few verses in Revelation, in the book of Daniel, and Ezekiel, and a few other places tell us there will be a third temple built in Jerusalem. Now, I realize that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit and that Jesus talked about his body being the temple. Tear this body down and I will rise it up in three days. We're not talking about Christians going to the temple to be able to worship. We're not talking about God changing us and our bodies being the temple into the temple in Jerusalem. It's that there will be a temple rebuilt in the last days and the Antichrist is going to desecrate it. Now this third temple is part of the clarity laid out for the restoration process of the people of Israel and the nation of Israel. Jesus foretold the destruction of the temple in Luke 21, 5 and 6. Then as some spoke of the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and donations, he said, these things which you see, the days will come in which not one stone will be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. If you go to Israel today, there's not one stone up on the Temple Mount that is left from the temple. They were all thrown down. You can go and visit the spot where they have uncovered the stones that were pushed off of the Temple Mount by the Roman soldiers. Jesus also foretells the destruction of Jerusalem. This is Matthew 23, 37 and 38, when he's riding down into Jerusalem on the donkey and he weeps over Jerusalem. And he says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stoned those who are sent to her. How often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate. Finally, Jesus foretold the dispersion of the people in Israel, the destruction of the temple, the desolation, and now in Luke 21, 24, Jesus said, and they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all nations, and Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled. And that key phrase at the end of that verse, until the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled, is speaking of a restoration that we are told about in other places in the Bible. Now, before there could be a restoration, there had to be a complete destruction. The Romans started the job in 70 AD, but over time, it got more and more desolate. And in Ezekiel 33:28, 28, it says, for I will make the land most desolate. Her arrogant strength shall cease and the mountains of Israel shall be so desolate that no one will pass through. Mark Twain made a trip to Palestine in the 1860s, and later on in a book, he made this statement in 1881 about Palestine. He said, a desolate country whose soil is rich enough, but given over wholly to the weeds, a silent mournful expanse. A desolation is here that not even imagination can grace with the pomp of life and action. 
We never saw a human being on the whole route. There was hardly a tree or a scrub anywhere. Even the olive and the cactus, these fast friends of worthless soil, had almost deserted the country. That's Mark Twain in The Innocents Abroad, London, 1881. Now let's jump forward 150 years and we see something quite different and astonishing. The nation of Israel is thriving. It is fruitful. The land is fruitful. There's 6.8 million Jews living in Israel today. Their technology is leading the world and God seems to be doing something in the nation. The Bible foretells its restoration, the restoration of the land its fruitfulness, the people of Israel returning to the land, and even Jerusalem back in Israeli control. Today, there are 6.8 million Jews. There were only 24,000 Jews in Israel in 1882. And the Bible foretold this restoration. In Ezekiel 36a, God said to the mountains of Israel, but you, O mountains of Israel, you shall shoot forth your branches and yield fruit to my people. Israel, for they are about to come. He got the land ready and made it fruitful so they could feed the people of Israel. In the next chapter, Ezekiel 37, 21, it says, Then say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Surely I will take your children of Israel from among the nations wherever they have gone, and I will gather them from every side and bring them into their own land. And even though the land is restored and the people are restored to the land now, the restoration is not complete. There are a couple more things that have to be done. A restoration of the temple and salvation of the people of Israel receiving Jesus as their Messiah. Romans 11, 25 and 26, talking about the spiritual aspect of Israel says this, for I do not desire brethren that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And so all of Israel will be saved as it is written, the deliverer will come out of Zion and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. The day is coming when the Jewish people will receive Jesus as their Messiah. Now let's take a look at the rebuilding of the temple. In Revelations 11, 1 and 2, it says, Then I was given a reed like a measuring rod. And the angel stood saying, Rise and measure the temple of God, the altar and those who worship there. But leave the court which is outside of the temple and do not measure it. For it has been given to the Gentiles, and they will tread the holy city underfoot for 42 months. Now the Temple Mount today has two structures on it that are Islam. There is the Alaska Mosque, and then the Dome of the Rock, which is not a mosque. Some have suggested that the temple is exactly where the Dome of the Rock is. Others suggest that it is in another place. And this wall spoken of in Revelation would divide it out. And there are talks going on today about whether or not you can share the Temple Mount. There is enough room on the Temple Mount where it is to leave the Alaska Mask, the Dome of the Rock, and build two other temples. So we know that the temple could go to the south or the north of the Dome of the Rock, and the wall would be built in such a way that there would be a separation between the two. Now some wonder why this temple has to be built at all, because prophecy will be fulfilled. 
2 Thessalonians 2, 3, and 4 says, Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed. That's the Antichrist, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. It is believed that when the Antichrist makes a treaty with the nation of Israel for seven years, that for the first three and a half years, he builds this temple. But then he breaks his treaty and he sets himself up as God in the temple of God. Daniel spoke of this abomination of desolation in Daniel 9, 27. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week, but in the middle of the week he shall bring an end to sacrifices and offerings, and on the wings of abomination shall be one who makes desolate even until the consummation, which is determined, is poured out on the desolate. Now, some people believe that this was fulfilled in Antiochus Epiphanes when he slaughtered a pig on the altar to Zeus during the time of the Maccabees. But in Matthew, Jesus tells us that it's still in the future, and that's after that happened. In Matthew 24, 15, Jesus said, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Jesus had also said there's a time coming that is worse than anything this world's ever going to see or anything that it is ever going to see. And Jesus is not a false prophet. The abomination of desolation will take place in the holy place, as he says in Matthew 24, 15. And there is that worst time that's coming up on the earth than anything the world has ever seen, the tribulation period. Now, what is it that we can learn from this? Three things. Number one, fulfilled prophecy speaks of future prophecies being fulfilled. When we look back on prophecies of the Bible that have been fulfilled, like the nation of Israel or the restoration of the land or prophecies that Jesus fulfilled or other prophecies about Tyre or different places, we see that they are fulfilled literally. They are not speaking in terms using analogies or metaphors. And it seems that it would not change, but that's a good precedent for us. If we can look back in the Bible and see the prophecy is fulfilled literally, then we look ahead and see it fulfilled literally as well. That's not to say that we don't see a lot of imagery in the book of Revelation, Daniel, and Ezekiel. But the prophecies that can be taken literally should be taken literally as much as we possibly can. Number two, there's no reason to turn to a spiritual fulfillment of the temple. People will do this. They'll say, we are the temple. Jesus was the temple. So we don't need to rebuild the temple of God. That is true. But we're told it's going to happen as a part of the restoration of the nation of Israel. That doesn't mean we will no longer be the temple of the Holy Spirit or that Jesus isn't the temple of the Holy Spirit. Number three, God's record in fulfilling his word. That even in the last 150 years, the promises to the nation of Israel are being fulfilled speaks to us that we can trust his word and the things that he said will come to pass. Let's put our trust and our hope in our living God who will bring all of these things to pass in his own time.